0: This episode originally aired as a part of my other podcast Project Shadow. Over there, I have been doing Worldbuilding content for a while and I'm currently moving it all over to this new podcast. New episodes will be appearing soon. I am currently making all of my old content including Worldbuilding 101 and Worldbuilding 201 available on this podcast as season 1 and season 2 of Mythweaving. I hope you enjoy and don't forget to have the fun. The last time we talked, We had developed the entity that is being transformed, and now it's time for us to turn our attention into how and why, and we'll see how far into the process we get in today's episode, but today we're going to be starting to work on the value that is going to be pursued by our heroes and its counterpart. So let's talk about that on today's episode of Project Shadow. I have something to say. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C e. Dorset, and I hope you are all doing very well. Um, I wanted to start this episode by saying if I sound a little bit weird, one, my allergies are still acting up. So that is what it is. And also, I may sound a little bit low. I found out that a good friend of mine passed away this morning. And yeah, that that's kind of taking a bit of an emotional toll on me. So I am sorry if I sound a little bit low, but please take care of yourself. Be well. And despite what anybody tells you right now is the time for social distancing, for self-isolation, don't go out unless it's absolutely 100% necessary, and we'll get through this together. All righty. On that note, um, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It does help out a lot, and if the app doesn't allow you to rate, well, maybe consider you know sharing the podcast with other people. That would be very, very helpful. Okay, just some other FYIs. Hopefully I can cancel a lot of this out, but the animals have decided to, to just be extremely active right now. So you might hear cats or a dog or a neighbor on a 4x4 or a lawnmower, because when you can't get out of your house, you can mow the lawn. And I I don't begrudge them any of their yard work, and especially the dude who's going up and down the road with his kids on the, their four by four. You know, I understand trying to keep the kids entertained, but just in case you can hear them, that's what's going on. So first of all, let's talk about the value being pursued. So now that we've drilled down and we've made our circle about around who we're going to be telling the story about now, we need to have a theme and when I say theme, this isn't necessarily the theme that's going to be in the novel. And I'm going to keep saying that over and over and over again, because this is the theme in the world. So for example, in, I'm, I'm going to speak to, to the, 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 the Game of Thrones show, because I have more experience with it than I do with the A Song of Ice and Fire books. But in the show... The value being pursued is very obviously power. Maybe survival, but power. Power seems to be the one thing central that all of the characters want. And that's what causes all of the problems in the world. See, I would normally state that that would be one of the things that we're talking about in a minute, the scourge. But given the way that that show is structured and that it is essentially in onward evolving tragedy that eventually destroys itself, <clears throat> it, it has things backwards. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. When you're doing a tragedy, at the down, when you're on the downside of the track, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, but when you're in the downside, when the, tragi- the tragic elements are starting to kick in, what happens is the value being pursued, and the scourge trade places. So normally, when you're thinking of the value, you should be thinking of something relatively simple. You don't want to make it too complex, especially not at this point. So your value could be freedom, life, liberty, especially if you define liberty different than you do freedom, Um, justice, it could be health, survival, You're writing a zombie story. Survival is probably going to be the thing. It could be love. It should be some positive thing that will be part of the underlying structure of how the world works. So, for example, you can actually hear the value being pursued in the intro to both Star Trek, the original series, and the next generation, right? To seek out new life and new civilizations and to boldly go where no one has gone before. Exploration is the value being pursued. And you can see that even when it's not explicitly stated in both Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, then they kind of forget that for Discovery a bit, and, eh, well, Picard is a whole other thing. By the way, I got the playlists up on uh, Spotify if you're wanting to see all that. So... Now, okay, picking this is really important. It is really vitally important because it will be one of the central unifying factors of the world. Because remember, we're still dealing on the world level. So Star Wars, depending on how you want to structure it, I would say the value being pursued in Star Wars is probably balance because... The one statement that keeps being made throughout the series is bring balance to the force, bring balance to the force, bring balance to the force. And you can see how this concept of balance plays out in both defeating the empire and the first order and this um, confederacy the confederation in the prequels. And that's really what we're looking at here. The, The high, high, high concept. What value? What is the highest, the supreme, not the only, but the supreme value in your world? What is everybody in some way, shape, or form seeking? What is everyone in some way, shape, or form trying to accomplish to do? And like I said, make sure it should be one word. One word. Because you, especially at this point, want to keep it as high concept as you can, because as we're doing everything else, we're going to be iterating on that. And here's where you get clever, because you also want to be thinking about the scourge. What is its opposite? What is the thing that is in the universe, in the world that's causing problems? The scourge should definitely be the opposite, and I'm not going to say the equal and opposite because I think that's where a lot of people get lost when they're thinking of this. So. Yes, if what people are pursuing is life, then maybe death is the opposite of that, that you're going to do in your story. But the opposite of life could be other things. Depending on how you're defining life, the opposite of life could be isolation. It could be imprisonment. It could be disease. It could be any number of things death is not necessarily the opposite of life. Just as if we're dealing with, say, justice, injustice might not be what you're fighting against. You can look at nuanced and other ways of seeing this and creating these pairings that will allow you to tell a much more original story. I I would advise you, don't don't get too clever, because a lot of stories really fall apart, especially at this stage, because we're doing world-building, remember, by being too clever by half in how they pair these two concepts, and they don't exactly balance out. Harry Potter, I think one of its biggest failings is that it doesn't really have a valid scourge. I mean, it does kind of from book to book in that there's a specific state of misfortune that Harry and the rest are trying to overcome, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But as far as an actual scourge and, and negative, the value being pursued in the Harry Potter books is very obviously love. It, it, If you don't realize that, Dumbledore in every book, even after he's dead, sorry, spoiler alert, gives us a monologue about how love is the most important thing. And it is the one thing that we learn in each story that it's the love of those who have gone before us, the love of our parents, the love of our friends, the love is the value being pursued. These stories don't have an actual scourge because the state of misfortune is one that comes later. And you could try to say that it's isolation, that it's loneliness, but it doesn't really work because it kind of, flitters about from book to book to book. Now you can do that and you can obviously be very successful with that. I mean, the Harry Potter books and movies and whatnot have sold billions of dollars worth of goods. So, you know, you can allow yourself to be kind of flittery about this, but it does create for a bit of a lack of cohesion. And the reason I specifically wanted to bring up Harry Potter here is you can see how this lack of a consistent scourge has affected the other wizarding world movies. So starting with Fantastic Beasts and where to find them and going into The Crimes of Grindelwald, you can see that one of the biggest problems that these franchises have is there isn't a concept of a villain. You see, the the place that the scourge would normally hold when we're doing our world blend here was in the original series held by Voldemort. So Voldemort is the closest thing that we have to a scourge. And so love is what defeats Voldemort. Well, that's wonderful in the original books, but now that we're expanding out beyond the original world building, it poses a big problem. Since we do not have an absolute scourge that stated that loss or loneliness or hatred or fear or what have you, being the actual scourge of the universe that the value is there to fight. Well, the story feels kind of rambly. It feels kind of loose and it doesn't hold together in the way that we want it to, because you can't just plug Grindelwald in, in the place of Voldemort. Because well, we already know that Grindelwald gets defeated. We didn't know that about Voldemort when the original books were coming out. And we also know that Voldemort was the greatest dark wizard who ever lived that is not Grindelwald. So he's not a valid threat. And this is one of the things that keeps the wizarding world movies from resonating in the way that they really need to, because this is a gap in world building. See, you can do more star Wars because if balance is what we're seeking, then imbalance is the scourge and keeping it high concept like that is really powerful because you can let that work out in the way that it needs to. The balance and imbalance that you find in, say, the Clone Wars or Rebels or the Mandalorian or in the movies or in Rogue One or Solo, a Star Wars story, that can be iterated into those specific stories in a way that works for them. And that's kind of what you want. That's why you want to kind of be as high concept at this point as you can, especially if you think you're writing a series or doing a shared universe for multiple books or multiple series. I'm trying to keep as high concept here as you possibly can will allow you to have cohesion between the various books and series that take place in this world. But at the same time, it will prevent you from being locked into having to do a particular thing. See, this is where a lot of people get confused and think that the villain is a giant mega weapon. The villain is tyranny. It's a lack of balance. It's somebody taking all of the power to themselves where the balance is needed to be restored. That's the power of Star Wars. That's what is important in every good Star Wars story. So be very careful when you're working on your, on, on your value to pick a valid scourge, something that will stand up and represent and help to get you through. And like I said, try to be as high concept as you can here. Okay. Alrighty. So next we're going to start developing our hook. Now the hook, again, these are words that you know from actually working on your story, but we're not talking about that hook. We're not talking about that hook. Okay. So the hook is defined by the, by the text. And remember we're using John Bonnet or Bonnet. I don't know how it's pronounced B-O-N-N-E-T. His book, Stealing Fire from the Gods. It is defined in there as, um, the unique aspect of the threat that we are exploring. This is where we start narrowing in. This is our hook. Okay. So if balance going back to Star Wars, is the thing that we're seeking, our value being pursued, and imbalance is our scourge, then the hook is the empire. The hook is this imperial power focused in the emperor that is causing the universe to be out of balance. Everything has to follow the will of one man and all of his corrupt cronies. And as such, the balance that the universe wants to have the balance that the world wants to have is not there and it can't be there because of the empire. And so that's the hook. And you can see how this works out differently as we are iterating into different series, right? The hook into the, into the prequel era and into the Clone Wars is not the empire. It is still Palpatine. We still see him in the background. We still see him functioning in the background. But the actual problem is the Confederacy, the CIS, and everything that they're doing to try to take over and control everything. They are the source of imbalance. And then we start realizing that the Jedi are also a source of imbalance. And thus we get to Revenge of the Sith. The hook is what is going to draw our attention in and makes the danger it should be intriguing and it should be as unique as you can make it for your setting because yeah it's easy to do the one thing that must be destroyed right our lord of the rings model it's easy to do the evil empire that we're taking down and that's fine if that's what your story's about then that's what your story is about that's what your world is going to have to deal with but do something interesting with that empire don't just make them evil for evil's sake This is where we start digging into this. What is our actual hook? Because, you know, I'm not against doing an evil empire story. I'm not against doing a, oh, we need to destroy the one ring. Those types of stories are classics for a reason. But you have to find your unique spin on it. Why is your evil empire interesting? That's where a lot of world building fails and what brings down a lot of stories. Because world building is the foundation on which your story is built, on which your books are built. And they're going to be built off of plot and character and prose and all of those wonderful things. But they need a good, firm foundation in world building, in the world itself, so that everything else makes sense, so everything else works in the way that you expect it to. So now that we've figured out our value being pursued and our scourge, how, when you're developing your hook, what uniquely is preventing the value from being pursued so that only our heroes are actually looking for it in any particular way. And how are they either causing or a part of the problem in the scourge. This is where you can be very creative and very interesting. This is where you can differentiate yourself and you should spend some time here. And don't worry, you can always come back to it, especially as we dig further in our next couple steps along this path are going to be digging more into, well, what went wrong? What caused the problem that we're currently in? Try to ask questions of why. why. Why is that happening? What did they do that for? When you start asking those questions, because your readers will, <laughs> your readers will ask, ask, well, why did Sauron make the ring? Well, Sauron made the ring because he wanted to be like Morgoth, but he didn't have the power of Morgoth. So he tricked the greatest creator of magical artifacts in the world to make rings to send out to the men, to the dwarves and to the elves. And in secret, he forged a master ring that once they had theirs on, he could control them all. And in so doing mimic the power of his master. See, there's an answer to that question. And Thus, people get really obsessed with the Lord of the Rings. Dig in, dig down, and find something that, again, fascinates you. Go back to your fascination, back to your subject, back to your quintessential, and pull it through here. How does it work with that? How do these parts fit together? At each step along the way, we are iterating our idea and adding a new quality to it, a new idea to it, and maybe something about the scourge or the value makes us change the way we see the subject or the entity being transformed. See, we're not stuck at any point along this path. We're telling ourselves the story over and over again so that we can have at the end the best story world possible. All right? I hope you're enjoying this. I'm really having a fun time going through this process with you. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear addressed on the show, in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. Also, if you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find a link to everything that I do at projectshadow.com. If you find yourself able to bless me (laughs) with a little bit of help in these trying times, in the same show notes you'll find a link to both my Patreon and listener support. Thank you to everyone who does that. And please don't feel obligated. If you don't have the money, I really, really understand that. But if you know somebody that you think might like what I'm doing, please share it. That helps out immensely as well. Alrighty, well, we're gonna be continuing this. I know you all listen to me all over the place, but Spotify actually allows me to put together playlists of podcast episodes really easily and to share them. So I have created a playlist of these Worldbuilding 101 episodes for you there. And I've also created a bunch of other playlists of other topics that we do on the show. So I hope that's helpful. Um, yeah. Until next time, please stay safe, stay well, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.